Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Max Ward. Hey, Max, how are you? Uh, great. Good to speak to you. It's great to have you on the show, Max. Uh, Max is the Chief Executive Officer of Liberatrade. Liberatrade is an innovative company which provides AI and several other solutions for logistics and supply chain businesses in emerging markets, specifically really a lot in Asia by accumulating data from small and medium-sized enterprises. We'll talk a lot more about Liberatrade. They're doing some very, very exciting things in probably one of the most exciting fields that's uh, on on everybody's minds these days, which is the supply chain space. But before we get there, Max, it'd be great to hear a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I really started off my Asia studies in, in undergrad and uh, you know, studied in, in Beijing in the 90s, traveled all over China and uh, went back uh, about a decade later to work in Hong Kong with DHL. And you know, what I found really exciting was not so much the Asia to US traditional logistics that everybody was working on with the big brands, but how the big brands like Nestle and Unilever and Nike were starting to sell into the Asian consumer and the trajectory of, of that consumption, including what that meant in terms of fulfilling and getting products to most of the human beings on the planet, because most of the human beings on the planet live in, in Asia. So that's the thing that I find always fascinating, no matter what country I'm in or, or really what, what I'm working on, it, it, it never ceases to, to be interesting. And I think there's a lot of supply chain challenges on Trans-Pacific and in the US these days, but there's plenty of challenges in emerging Asia as well. So there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. And I, I do, you know, as uh, you may know, uh, you know, I spent some time in Hong Kong myself and I, I do remember a lot of the DHL work that they were doing for the U.S. trading. And uh, I remember a couple guys talking about some of the challenges across Asia. And uh, so it's clearly a, a space that's evolving fast as those economies really mature, become much more, uh, much more active uh, with just general trade. And so that really seems to be where uh, Liberatrade is, is playing. Uh, tell me more a little bit about what you guys are up to. Well, I think the fundamental problem that we're working on solving that we believe is the biggest not yet solved problem in Asia supply chain is really knowing what billions of consumers actually buy so that the products that they need can be ordered, stocked, positioned, and delivered to them effectively. Mm -hmm. Now, Jeff Bezos and his team figured it out for North America um, some time back and how to do the analytics around that. But the retail supply chain in, in Asia is, is mostly offline. 
So we, we focus on non-China, uh, non-India, which is really over a billion people. And you know, Pakistan and Indonesia are actually the two biggest middle classes uh, that are being created in the world right now, combined mm-hmm. uh, total population of half a billion. Mm-hmm. And uh, countries like Egypt, uh, Philippines, and Bangladesh, and, and Vietnam are really interesting to us as well. And so the lack of information on what people are actually buying in the retail environment leads to a lot of other problems, meaning that it's very hard to know what stuff to put in what warehouse if you're a Colgate Pakistan, for example, uh, mm-hmm. or how you should plan your orders and what what you can do to have a, a better demand forecast. And mm-hmm. uh, so the, the main problems are too much working capital, cash is tied up for every party in the supply chain because they can't get access to financing, uh, too much of the wrong product and lots of stockouts. Mm. And uh, just a complete mismatch between supply and, and demand. So that's the problem that we solve with our, our solution, which is getting more and more data in a unique and exciting way that I'm happy to talk more about. Yeah. So you're utilizing that data and you, you have, I would imagine, some type of a proprietary system that, that helps manage it using machine learning. Love to learn more about that and some of the other technologies that Liberatrade is applying. Yeah. So one key thing is uh, technical architecture, uh, how to take large amounts of big data. Everybody likes talking about big data, but can you really layer this in and put it in the right data lake or data ocean so that you can gain value out of that? And so the most important part of our stack is actually the unified data model uh, that we use for Emerging Asia retail supply chains. That means that really you can take data from multiple sources, uh, combine it, layer it, and then use uh, metadata to aggregate insights on that. So you go end-to-end demand forecasting with Coke, for example, but then you also mm-hmm. look at Pepsi. And when you can't take Pepsi on a one-for-one basis and apply their data, you can apply categories of products and categories of SKUs, which everybody benefits from. So you start to build these kind of data cooperatives over time. And unlike the U.S., and uh, Western Europe, uh, the data isn't as much locked down uh, and uh, there's rapid digitalization, but people don't Mm -hmm. always know what to do with with this data. So we help them to get value out of it, but we also have uh, a very uh, exciting new initiative, which is uh, giving micro incentives to everybody in the supply chain, really the bottom of the pyramid in a lot of these countries and average wages, and these are the, the wages, you know, not to mention the people that are living on partial wages or, or they don't have a job. But average wages uh, for laborers are really 200 to 300 US dollars a month. And, but these guys are moving in some cases, uh, you know, shipment value of 10 to 50,000 US dollars, maybe on aggregate during a month, they might move stuff that's worth a millions. And the information that they can share is really valuable to make these supply chains work better. So putting a little bit of an extra bonus in the pockets of some of these guys basically can amount to a 30 to 50% uh, increase in their take home mm. while we make the whole thing flow faster is something that we're really excited about. And we believe that it will give us more emerging Asia supply chain data than any other company. 
So Max, just the types of companies that you guys work with, are these um, kind of like massive fortune 1000 businesses or uh, how, I mean, are they local, small to medium sized businesses? Just be curious to kind of get a sense. Yeah, we do work with some large multinational brands and that's a key area of focus for us so that we can leverage the work we do from one market to another. But uh, local brands, whether they're tea companies, or local large distributors. We have a big, big project in, in Pakistan and a partnership with a company called Parazelsus, which distributes GSK and other products along a very, mm -hmm. across a very wide network. Uh, but those, th those companies need demand forecasting as well. I just got off the phone earlier today with a startup in, in Bangladesh that's working with one of the largest pharma companies Mm -hmm. and helping you distribute their products more effectively to 20,000 stores, linking in financing and data management. And they're all managing the demand forecasts off of Excel spreadsheets, which is pretty common in, right. in these markets. But it means that your accuracy on demand forecast is really suboptimized and that costs millions of dollars. So, yeah. uh, but, but the data just hasn't been there before. And but now we get cheaper and cheaper data management in the cloud. We get more and more AI tools for the enterprise. So if we can get that data, we can make it useful. So micro incentivization is an interesting uh, avenue to uh, help people make supply chains better and uh, build a incredibly valuable new data asset for supply chains, which support uh, billions of human beings. Yeah, I, I imagine that people probably never realized that data would be a great, great way to boost uh, their take home. But uh, it, it seems like it's functioning in a positive way to accelerate the uh, flow as well as to speed up the, the general supply chain. So, Max, you know, we've been living through a crazy moment uh, with this pandemic, and certainly it's not something that has been localized anywhere. It's been, you know, the U.S., Asia. Europe, everyone has has suffered, and it definitely has changed things. Probably one of the biggest topics has been supply chain. As in the U.S., we look out at all these boats off of Long Beach, and there's certainly a slowdown in the general global supply chain. I'd just be curious to kind of see the things that you have experienced out in Asia and um, the challenges that you faced, and and certainly maybe some of the opportunities that are appearing. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that most of Asia is still effectively not domestically shut down, but maybe internationally shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still very hard. But Middle East, is, I'm in the Middle East right now. Uh, you know, Pakistan is, is, is pretty open, but most of East Asia and Southeast Asia, it's really hard to get in and out of. And that has had uh, quite an, an impact. And uh, Hong Kong, which my home for 15 years is under a very, very strict, uh, you know, zero COVID, COVID policy. So that mm -hmm. has impacted what you can and, and cannot do. But we've started to see just these amazing bullwhip effects. And it was something that people talked about bullwhip effect almost academically in the past because the disruptions were not as, 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 as impactful. But we really have this thing where, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're holding, and I, I think everybody from, from uh, the White House down understands now that it's, it's like you're holding this, this colossal Indiana Jones whip and you kind of jerk it a little bit 
and then you go down the whip, you know, a, a few meters or yards, and the the violent the impact of your action at the head of the whip is is just magnified 10x, 100x, mm. and one one part of the chain just impacts everything else. And the other thing is that um, it isn't really a whip or a chain. It's it's really a network and a web of, of interconnecting relationships. And you, you really kind of impact more than just the end of that whip. You're actually impacting other other ends and, and, and vice versa. And it can come back to you. And it comes back to you in uh, demand, which is not fulfilled. Um, mm. In uh, Pakistan, where I've spent a lot of time this year, the e-commerce sector is really booming from, from nothing. So COVID, COVID fueled the e-commerce uh, retail market in Indonesia, and it fuels e-commerce market everywhere because people don't go out to shop. Uh, they want to go on- online. So then you get, get more and more of these sales online, and then mm-hmm. you, you get customers that want to interact digitally, and so they get certain types of promotions and certain types of recommendations and, and interaction in a, in a different way than the past. And some on- online e-commerce platforms in Pakistan, they've got stockouts of like a third. Mm. So so what companies have to understand is in order to interact with the digital consumer uh, in an Amazon type way, you've got to be like Amazon and, and take your whole supply chain data and, and start to work with it. So recommending products means you need to have those products in stock. And if you're going <laughs> to recommend them, you need to have them in stock in the future. Yeah, And, and that means linked inventory optimization with promotions and sales, or you run into problems. And to continuously do that for a complex range of SKUs and products for millions of people, if not more, requires some pretty complex uh, data management. And that's where the whole world of advanced ML and and data science and and, um, AI comes into play. Who are the big uh, players in e-commerce in those markets? Well, if you follow uh, Imran Khan on Twitter, you'll see uh, the proud announcements of Airlift raising 84 million US dollars into Pakistan, which is for a country that had raised almost no venture capital uh, if you go back a few years. Um, so that's an interesting example. I know Circlo in Indonesia has had some really successful rounds. And then Gojek and Tokopedia have combined in Indonesia to create a real super unicorn there. Uh, which is just a, an amazing integration of transport services and, and retail environment. Um, so Indonesia is quite a bit ahead of, of, of Pakistan there. But I, you also see big players in the B2B space like Udon in Indonesia, which is a super unicorn, uh, Gudanada as well. Um, so these, there are some pretty big players out there, um, even in the B2B space. I think what hasn't happened yet is the type of real cloud data enterprise management um, that the, the data very snowflake effect, if you will, um, for these countries. And that's where we're, we're trying to get in and, and build some of these data relationships. But the data itself uh, needs to be acquired in a slightly different way than in a place like the U.S. Yeah, I completely see that. And it, it also sounds like uh, perhaps... Uh, if Amazon has some real competitors in the future, they're going to 
probably emerge from some of these fast growing markets uh, as they as they build up their approach and then can can go out and compete in a, a global perspective, which should be really oh. exciting. Yeah. I mean, already, right? Uh, Alibaba already, right? And- yeah, Alibaba already. Absolutely. <laughs> so Max, I mean, I really love what you guys are working on. And certainly I can see the the use of data, the way you're collecting the data in a, a really exciting way will get you large data deposits quickly and accurately. And it sounds also that you're working on some other things as well. I think, you know, we've spoken a little bit about the blockchain space. Um, what are your plans for your business in the future? And, and how do you think things are going to progress over the next couple of years in the markets? Well, I'll take the second part first. Yeah. Uh, went into Pakistan. I had a flight booked to Jakarta, to be honest, and they closed the country uh, again for COVID reasons, um, for, to close the country to foreigners, uh, right after Christmas last year. So I went off to Pakistan and Pakistan consulate in Hong Kong knew me pretty well. And I told them what I wanted to do. And they said, all right, uh, if you really want to brave guy, it's, we're, we'll, we'll give you a visa. So I went out to, to Pakistan around that time. And I thought maybe this is a bit early of a concept mm. uh, for supply to retail supply chain in Pakistan. You know, is, is, is Pakistan really ready for artificial intelligence? And mm-hmm. I know a handful of companies that are taking a different approach to us, but they are basically doing the same thing. So it, it is it is happening. And driven perhaps by, by COVID, but other factors, uh, digital commerce is, is just accelerating very, very quickly. So the whole supply chain from manufacturer to third-party logistics, to brand, to distributor, to even the smallest retailers is going digital. Mm-hmm. And that is going happening faster than even I thought. And that digitalization is going to drive a lot of disruption. So the legacy companies that are distributing the product based upon the flow of the kind of the push model that everybody has had um, for decades, if not centuries, uh, that is going to be replaced by new demand-driven models. And and those that can really come in and understand risk intelligently and finance uh, with the right insights Mm -hmm. will uh, really have multi-trillion dollar retail supply chains that they can move liquidity into and and earn uh, earn, earn value from. So, So that's really what's happening is you kind of saw it. And it, sounds, it sounds like you were even surprised at how quickly it's been happening. Yeah. And I've been speaking to a lot of some similar companies recently and really impressed. And, and the money's coming in, not from just Pakistani VCs or Middle East VCs, but US-based VCs with very limited Pakistani connections. You know, funds like Antler are, and, and Wavemaker in Singapore are, are, are funding a lot of these companies in, in, their, in their second round. So it, it's really changing changing quickly. And so I think it will be almost unrecognizable in, in a few years. I really think it's changing that fast. And so that's that's one thing. But what we want to do is we still see that these are aggregated. The data is managed in, in chains. Mm-hmm. So it's managed through a, a B2B e-commerce provider into the stores that they serve for the SKUs and products that they have in their network. And nobody's really covering it across brands, across products, across everything. And, and that, I believe, is a, a, just a tremendous opportunity. So 
So we are launching really the biggest supply chain data acquisition initiative in the history of Asia. And we're doing this through a tokenization micro incentive scheme. And I think this is going to drive a lot of economic value for us as a company and our customers. Mm-hmm. But I actually truly believe, and I've seen the, the beginnings of this, I actually truly believe we're actually going to have a real positive impact on the lives of literally tens of millions of people. And, and ultimately, the supply chains will be better for, for a billion. But I think I'm talking about direct impact. And I'm yeah. talking about money, money in the wallet. Yeah, money yeah. on the day. So, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Max, thank you so much for talking to us about what Libera Trade is up to. I must admit, hearing that you were headed off to places like Pakistan during during COVID is just impressive. You are, uh, you certainly are a pioneer in this space, and excited to see what Libera Trade does over the next couple of years. Um, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're up to, uh, where should they find you? Uh, just on uh, on email, it's uh, you know max.ward, W-A-R-D, at liberatrade.ai, or uh, just click the contact on our website and you'll find a way to reach me there. Excellent. Great. Well, we've been speaking with Max Ward. He's the chief executive officer of Liberatrade which is a very innovative company providing AI solutions for logistics and supply chain businesses in emerging markets by accumulating data from small and medium enterprises, thereby helping them to predict demand, grow sales, and minimize waste. Um, He is working on some very, very exciting stuff in the Asia-Pacific market specifically, and we're excited to read more about what Liberatrade is up to in the near future. So, Max, thank you so much for being on Uncaged. Great. Really appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks.